I'm so happy to tell you that people that are devoted to God live the fullest, most exciting lives. They're, they're plugged into his plan. They're plugged into his purpose, plugged into his power, and they move from adventure to adventure, from challenge to challenge, from battle to battle, from victory to victory. And in the end, it all comes around to a win. Here's what Paul writes. We know that no matter what's going on right now, that God causes everything to work together for good to those who devotedly love God and those who are living according to the purpose that he has for them. We want to talk about the purpose God has for you this morning. Boredom is not in our vocabulary. When I proposed to Debbie... The third time. Uh, when I proposed to Debbie, I said, listen, you'll never be rich, but you'll never be bored. And I have kept my word. She's never been bored. I, I want to be really practical today, and I want to talk about how to walk in the empowerment that comes to us through relationship in the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to practice it this week so that when Brandon Cole opens up on Friday night, remember, Friday night, 7 o'clock, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, Sunday night, 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss any of it. When he opens up on Friday night here at our Holy Spirit conference, you are hungry. You are ready. You are excited to move deep into the empowered walk that God has for you. Our scriptural text and pattern for today comes from our man, Philip, as it has for the last three Sundays. So go to Acts chapter 8 again, and I want you to do a couple of things. I want you to open up your Bible. I want you to take out a pen and a paper because I'm going to give you five words that are going to be hooks for you to hang stuff on so that you don't forget when you leave here today. And, and then I want you to practice it every day this week. Acts chapter 8 is where we're at. And so I'm going to read uh, verses 26 to 31, and then we're going to jump down to 34 and, and finish off. And so here we go, Acts chapter 8. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met a treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. And the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, and he was seated in his carriage, and he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. And Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah, and Philip asked him, do you understand what you were reading? And the man said, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? And so beginning, I'm in verse 35, by the way. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? And he ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. I love this verse, and I wish we could spend the whole time on this. When the man replied, uh, when, when the man came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. I love that. We're not going to be able to spend any time on that. And the eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. 
Uh, this, this is such an amazing story on so many levels, and it has so, so much, and, and I can't go verse by verse. I wish I could. However, I want you to, to take his experience and five words to help you lean into the empowerment that the Holy Spirit wants to give to you and to me, uh, and, and so that we know how to look for the power, how to plug into the power, how to, how to have that power because of the, the relationship that we have with Holy Spirit. The five words that I have for you today are these, believe, listen, see, risk, and expect. Don't worry if you didn't get them all. We're going to spend some time on each one. Uh, They all tie in with the prep work that you do to accommodate Holy Spirit's work in you and bring about a miracle. All five words also counter and push back on the lies that that the enemy targets for you that, that at the very least hope to hold you wondering, hope to hold you confused, and and at the very most, hope to keep you from obeying God and missing out on the victorious adventure that we're called to go on with God. So the first word this morning is believe. Believe. Believe with great conviction that you are who God says you are. That, that seems so simple, but, but one of the first attempts that the enemy makes to discount is to, to attack your identity. He, he reminds you of past failings, of current sins, of bad habits, bad language, all in an attempt to make you think that you are something other than what God says you are. Here, here's the rule of thumb. This is one of the reasons we're asking you to read with us through the the New Testament this year. But as you're going through, uh, read the word, underline everything that God says about you. And, And become very familiar with it. And if something is said that is different than what the word says, then know that it's a lie. You know, I'd expected more excitement about that. Let me just repeat that. Read through the Word. Underline what it says about you. Become familiar with it. And if, if, if something is said that is different than what the Word says, then just know that it's lying to you. Because you are not what Joe Blow says or what a teacher says or what the enemy says. You are what God says you are. When you're told that you're unworthy to serve the kingdom purpose, quote from 1 Timothy 1.12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. That's who I am. Uh, When you're called a loser, remind the liar that you're not a loser, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. When you're told that you don't know what you're doing and that you'll mess it up, remind yourself that you are a servant of the Most High God, who is all-knowing, all-powerful, and will bring you through to success and victory every time. Um, In in order to know who you are in God's eyes, you have to be devoted to the Word. In order to, to know who you are, you have to discover your true identity through relationship with Christ, and not the identity that you were given by a broken world system, by enemies of the cross, or by the one Jesus calls the father of all lies, the, the one that is unable to put one sentence together without it being twisted and turned into some kind of a perverse lie. The, the other thing that you need to know 
The other thing that you need to be aware of is that you need to believe what God promises you about who he is. When he says that he will never leave you, he means he will never leave you. You can take that promise to the bank. When, when he says that you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to say, open your mouth and he will fill it, he will do just that. He will do it. When he says, speak to the mountain and do not doubt in your heart, and this mountain shall be removed, know that it is true and that it will happen. A devoted believer is not pushed off track or off message because they believe God, what God has said about them and they believe that what God has promised, he will certainly do. You have to believe. Does that make sense to you? You have, some of you have to get up in the morning and you have to start talking from the time your feet touch the floor. There's a cup under that thing and it just has a swig of hot, cold water. Good, thanks. Good, now we can go. <clears throat> when your feet hit the floor, you can say what you need to say. You can declare who God is. You can declare who you are. So, so believe. The next word is listen. I love Philip's story because in this part of the narrative, he receives two messages. It says that the first is from the angel of the Lord who tells him where to go. Go down that road. Go south on that road. The second message comes not from the angel of the Lord, but from the Holy Spirit. Go over to that carriage and talk to that man. That's pretty specific. That's pretty direct. I, I want you to be alert. I want you to listen to messages that God sends to you about your day and about the divine appointments that you have in front of you. God is extremely creative and can speak in a multitude of ways. He can speak audibly. He can speak through impressions. He can give you mental pictures. He, he speaks through dreams and visions. He can talk to you through thoughts, through even movies. He can talk to you through feelings and scripture. He can even speak to you through someone else. I have friends who, who when God is moving, their hands get hot. They know that they're supposed to do something. I have friends who I know that God has walked into the room and is about to do something because they stand there and they quietly weep. I, he speaks in different ways to different people so that you understand. God speaks to you in ways that you can hear him and in ways that you can understand him. Not always by a voice. Some people hear a voice, but not everybody does. I've learned that one of the ways that God speaks to me is that I will all of a sudden be thinking of someone that I haven't been thinking of for a while, and there seems to be an urgency about it. And when I reach out to that person, when I go looking for them, it has never failed that God has set that up. God is speaking to me. God is letting me know, connect with that person because it's with purpose. In order to hear God, you have to believe that he speaks and you have to believe that he speaks to you and he has so very much to say and he wants to speak to you every single day. Every day. In order to hear, you know, um, we've been married for 32 or 3 years. 
I'll have to do the math later, but uh, 30, 33 years this year. Yes. And um, if she doesn't talk to me in the morning, I think she's mad at me. And so I, I just I have to get a word or two out of her. And, and if I, I just know that God wants to talk to you and God talks to me. In, in order to believe or to hear God speak, you have to believe that he wants to speak to you. In order to hear God clearly, you have to create a space for him to speak. Uh, I, there are times in my day when I'm very quiet and I allow God to speak to me about my day. Most often in those quiet times, he, he starts me out on the right road. He, he puts a thought in my head and, and we work on it together and it starts to grow and develop. And, and, and most often in those quiet times, he, he starts me out. But in the middle of the day, he can speak to me in the noise of my world and he can give me prompts. He can say in this conversation, ask this question. He, 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 can, he can say to me, say this and then stand back because there's going to be a reaction. Be quiet. Don't, don't go any farther. Just stop. Wait. Let's see what comes out. Believe that God knows the specific language that you speak best and that he will speak to you in such a way that you understand what the next step is so that you're able to take it. When you don't have a specific direction, when you don't know what's next, start moving ahead and God can, God can direct, God can, can move, God can be specific in that direction. There, there have been some presence Sundays and I'll be sitting here in the front row and, and Eric, Pastor Eric will lean over and says, do you know where we're going yet? And I say, I haven't got a sweet clue. I really don't. He says, does that bother you? I said, well, of course it does, Eric. It's driving me crazy. He says, well, just relax. <laughs> it's easy for you to say. But you know, when I come up these stairs and my foot hits this step, all of a sudden I have it. It can be that quick. God can speak very clearly. He, God will speak to me in my language and he'll let me know what to do. My job is to listen. Does that make sense to you? Okay, the, the enemy attempts to keep the noise in your world up so high and keep you so busy and distracted that you don't hear the directions that God gives, but you have to listen. The next word is see, S-E-E. -E. One of the things that the enemy does to people that, that makes me absolutely livid is that he perpetuates a lie in them that they are incapable of serving God in any way disqualified for service because of mistakes or because of lack of ability. I, I love to go through with someone like that. I love to go through the Bible and list off all the disqualified people, all the animals, all the circumstances that God get, has used to get timely messages across to a, to a generation. If God can speak through a donkey, I have to believe that he can use me. I have to believe that. Some of you are seeing the similarity even now as I say that, but I, I just have to believe that he can speak through me, that he can speak to me. The, the, the verse says that the steps of a righteous person, a devoted follower of Jesus, are ordered of the Lord. Philip has already had some amazing divine encounters in Acts chapter 8. 
He has transformed a city. He's encountered, as Pastor Eric spoke about last year or last week, a, a spiritual fraud. And now he's about to meet a person of power and influence and bring them to a salvation experience and change the spiritual dynamics and direction of an entire nation. The angel of the Lord gets him to first see the direction that he's to take. Go down the desert road heading south that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. The Holy Spirit says, see the man in the carriage over there? Go speak to him. That's your assignment. That is your appointment. That's what I've brought you through all that you've been through to this very moment. What should I do? Well, he's reading the scriptures out loud. Listen to him. Be ready with a question. So, so he goes and he joins the man and he hears that he's reading out of Isaiah. And because he's just been in Isaiah, God has quickened his heart. And, and he says to the man, do you understand what it is that you're reading? It, it's the voice of God speaking. Do you hear what he's saying to you? And before the conversation is over, the man has been saved and now wanting to be water baptized. There's some water. Can we stop? Can we make this thing happen right now? And Philip says, of course, let's do it. God takes you through experiences and circumstances so that you can help people that he brings across your pathway. Paul says it this way, he comforts you in all your troubles so that you can comfort others. When they are troubled, you will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given to you. Isn't that brilliant? It's absolutely genius. Nothing in your experience, nothing in your story is ever wasted. God has purpose in it. But, but, but it's not only opportunity that we need to see. We need to see our role in it all. We are sent ones. You are sent by God to your generation, to your neighborhood, to your connection. You're sent by God to bring hope, to bring love, to bring life to people. I, I grew up believing that God sent some people out into important roles. That he sent some into missions, some evangelists, some great preachers and teachers. And, and most pastors were sent by God. And so it was a bit of a, a surprise, a bit of a wake-up call when I arrived at the understanding that every one of us is sent by God to our generation. We represent him everywhere we go, that there's purpose in every one of our days, and that the same authority, the same ability, the same purpose that was on Jesus is on every one of us that wear his name. We are empowered by God to do the work of God. I love that. I love it. I, I'm always aware that each day God is opening doors of opportunity before me and before you that no man can close. That, that there are these divine appointments that come up where God says, go down the street, talk to that person, keep attentive, and I will show you what to do each and every step of the way. Please let it be clear, very seldom does God give you the whole picture, the whole manuscript beforehand. Seldom does he give you all the information. Almost never do you get more than what is to happen next. 
In, in order for the mission to be successful, it has to rest on his great mercy and love and not on our talent and ability. If we're totally in control, then we forget how dependent we are on his greatness. Because you, you get this picture, without him we can't do anything. We're just these blubbering folks who are standing, you know. But in his mercy and his love, he empowers and he leads and he guides us. See yourself as the one that has been sent to God to a divine appointment and that despite your feeling of inability, his great ability is going to do something of significance in that moment of connection. See opportunity. See yourself as sent by God. Understand that you are the plan. There is no other plan B. If you don't do what was sent you were sent to do, it doesn't get done. You are sent by God. The next word is risk. Risk walking in the empowerment of God. One of the great tools that is used against us is fear. Fear that will mess up, fear that Someone will misunderstand what we're doing or saying. There's a taped message that loops around in our head that says that we can't do what God asks because we're not in the right place. We're not the right person. We don't have the right skill set. We have a history and we don't have any future. Not, none of those fears are new or innovative. You suffer with them. People of old suffered with them. Follow through the stories of people called by God and discover some of the same fears, some of the same excuses they used or some of the same excuses and fears that we use today. Moses, I, 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 I don't speak well. Send someone better qualified. Gideon, when he's called, hey, hero man, you can't call me mighty hero, but I, I have questions about miracles. I have questions about God, and I come from a weak tribe. I, I'm not the one you're looking for. King Saul, you are the king over all of Israel. I, we can't find him. Where is he? He's shy, and he's hiding in the baggage department because of that shyness. Yet God saw something in each and every one of these individuals that they did not see in themselves. The purpose of it all is to disconnect you from your purpose, disconnect you from your call, to cause you to fear and not to risk the obedience that will add joy to your day. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, you've not been given the spirit of fear or of, of timidity, but you have been given love. You have been given the power of God. You have been given the ability to operate out of a sound mind, not a mind that's shaken, rattled, and rolled by fear. So don't allow yourself to be disconnected from your purpose. Step out in obedience and risk doing what God has asked. There, there, there are some things that scare us all. There, there are the what ifs. What if we get into what we've been called to do and at some point we have no idea what to do next? Which translated means, what if halfway through the process God leaves us on our own and we fail? 
But God has already promised that he'll never leave us. He won't, he won't abandon us. What if no one shows up? Or what if, if I feel God says something and I announce it and nothing happens? That happens to me here all the time. I'll say something, I'll, I'll, I'll feel God saying, listen, this is what we're supposed to do this morning, and I'll declare it, and, and uh, I'll say, let's pray, and, and let's, if you have that situation, come, and we're going to pray over you, and, and nobody will come. And then Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, someone will phone, or a couple of people will phone and say, hey, that was me, and I was just too shy. Get over yourself, Okay. <laughs> Just get over yourself. Let's, let's, get, let's get on this road that we're supposed to be. What if people think I'm crazy? Listen, folks, that ship has sailed. <laughs> they saw you get up on a Sunday morning of a long weekend and get in your car and go to church. They already think you're a couple of bales short of a, of, of a load. They, 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 they know that you pray. They know that you support the church with your, with your resources and with your time. And, and, and they don't understand it. They, they think that, that, you, um, that, that you're a bit peculiar. And I found that the very ones who criticize you, the very ones who call you crazy are the ones who come by, sh by darkness when they're in trouble, knock on the back door and say, could you please pray for me? That happens to us a lot. That happens to us a lot. I, I guarantee that you'll make mistakes. I could call on about 10 or so people that are here this morning that have journeyed with me through all 35 of the years that I've been here, and they could recite Silly things I've said, crazy things I've done, nutty things that I've made mistakes at. They could go through it all. We will make mistakes. Uh, we, but, but in the middle of my weakness, I always discover the strength of my God. Nothing risked means nothing has been gained. He calls us to risk. It's been a number of months now that I've started most of my days with this declaration that Jesus made. He got it out of Isaiah. But I, every morning, I try to remember to say this out loud. And I say it about myself in preparation for what my day is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me today to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. I got to do that this morning, and that was so much fun. Um, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor is right now. Right now. And so when I walk out, I expect things to happen. I'm ready to risk. It, it reminds me to believe, to look out, to see where I'm being sent and to whom. It prepares me to take risks, to go beyond where my fears want to keep me. I sometimes switch out the word anointed for the word empowered. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has empowered me to do all of these things. You need to be doing that every day. You need to get, be getting ready. It takes the risk off me, and it sets it on God. Expect is the final word. Uh, I need Mrs. Hansen Jr. to come. Expect is the final word. 
I, I used the verse already, but I want to use it again. The steps of a righteous person, the steps of a person who is called of God and it is devoted to God are always ordered, always directed by God. I see that all the time. I, I watch where God will find someone with a story. And we'll do something with that story. And then we'll take and we'll merge their story together with other stories. A person comes out of an addiction. And we watch as God works in them and changes them and sets them free. And then all of a sudden, uh, I give an altar call. And that person comes and they're standing right next to somebody. And they turn to them and say, can I pray for you? And here they both come from a history of addiction. And their stories merge and meld. Or God has delivered someone out of grief and many times they come forward and pray and the person who prays with them is someone who's stuck in grief. And the comfort they found in God, they now distribute, they deliver to others. He uses anything and everything. He uses adoption. He uses abortion. He uses a criminal record, a chaotic family, a, 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 a history in pornography or a trauma or eating disorders or poor treatment at the hands of cruel systems. He, he uses everything. God comes and he redeems it and he gives those lost years meaning and gives those lost years purpose by setting up divine appointments to show others the way out of the chaos, the way out of the disappointment and the way into hope and help. He doesn't waste a thing. He doesn't waste a moment. Sometimes you never get to see the final outcome. Philip never got to see the eunuch again. Had no idea of what went on, how the encounter affected the man or his workplace because the word says that he worked for the queen of a nation. Philip just understood that obedience to God's instruction always brings life, always releases hope, that God starts and he follows through on everything that he says, and that he always brings it around to a win. The voice of God, the, the, the things that God says don't fall out of his mouth and just lay on the sidewalk and die. There is always a release of life. The work of God always has an impact, even when you don't see it, even when you don't know what it is. You know, there are Sundays that I walk off this platform and I go and get into my car and I drive home and I think, I can't do this anymore. This is nuts. That was the worst sermon I ever heard. And it's my sermon. I'll just say to Debbie, that was a stinker. And, and it'll be weeks or even months and someone will come and they'll say, do you remember when you preached on this? And I think, oh, don't remind me. I'm still living with the shame of it. And they'll say, that sermon changed my life. Well, that has to be God. That has to be God. Has to be. The voice of God, the things that God says always bring life. The things that God does always has an impact. 
I, I can't be burdened by the impact or focused on the impact or, or spend my time looking for the impact. I just need to be obedient. God will take care of the results. I just expect God to use me. I, I come prepared for God to use me. I come with the expectation that I'm here this morning, not as a not as a spectator, but as a participant. I've come here with something in me, something on me to give it away. And you say, well, that's why we pay you. Well, maybe. But my deal is to coach you so that you come understanding that you're not a spectator. You're a participant. And in just a moment, we're going to do that. <laughs> you should be scared. Okay. Um, always come ready. Philip speaks to, leads the official to know Jesus in a personal way, and then takes Philip somewhere else. Sci-fi fans call it um, teleporting him to his next assignment. He doesn't get to see the result, but the word says that the official was transformed from being confused about what he was reading to being a man that had a reason to rejoice because he had had an encounter with the living God. You're bringing people to encounters with the living God. There is a principle of Scripture that if you are faithful over little things that God asks you to do, you will grow and you will learn and you will develop into realms of responsibility and authority that you can't even imagine right now. Your first assignment may not be to raise a person from the dead, but you may be required to be kind to someone. It can be the first step. It can be the first encounter. And when you plug into the power of God and get involved in the divine assignment that God has for you, things start to take off and you never know where you're going to end up. Does that make sense to you? I'm so excited for this week. I'm so excited. Okay, we're got to go. Five, five words. Hope that they're nails in the wall that you can, you got to believe who you are. Believe who God is and what he's promised you and that, that it's for you. You've, you, you've got to listen. God desires. He longs to speak to you and he will speak to you and he'll give you assignments. Go get on that road and go. Okay. You've got to see, see opportunities, see people, see need. God says, look at that person. He's not just saying, did you see what they're dressed in? No, he's saying, there's a, there's a person with need there. Get ready. He's, he's pulling your attention to them. You've got to be willing to risk. You don't care what anybody else says. You just want the smile of God because you've done what he's asked you to do. You risk it all. doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It's going to be incredible when it's all said and done. And you've just got to expect that he's going to use you. Just got to expect that he's going to use you. Are you ready for that? That was a pretty weak response. I'm giving you some, some mercy because it's a long weekend. I, I understand that. But we're getting ready for the most wonderful weekend that's ahead for us. I want you to understand that every day this week, you're going to have a divine appointment that God has set up. And it's going to make you so hungry that you're going to come in here on Friday night and heaven's going to open because he always responds to hunger. He always responds to hunger. And so you say, well, how do I know what it is to do next? How, how do I know what to do next? I... Just look and see what God's doing in your life right now. 
Kylie, can you come and stand?